Hello, hello. Welcome to Babe of the Day. That's Johanna Roberts. That is Kyron Wheatley, and we're here for Equal Opportunity Dreamboat Appreciation. And today, with Alexi Toliopoulos, we are talking about one of the old times. Hello, Alexi. Hello, Kyron. Hello, Johanna. Thank you for having me once again on your beautiful podcast, Babe of the Day. Now, you have some podcasts yourself... Mm-hmm. One called Total Reboot, where you talk about the uh, remakes, reboots, and rip-offs of cinema over yep. the years. And another one called Mike Check, where you just check in and make sure that uh, Mike Myers' films... <laughs> Are still Shagadelic, baby? Yes, that's one of my podcasts. I was going to say, that's kind of niche, but then no, Mike Myers done a bunch of stuff. Mike Myers has you been over 24 movies. <laughs> well, wow. well, yeah, we've, we've gone on for too long, some I'd say. Uh, no. But uh, this relates to Mike Check for sure. I'm today, I'm bringing you my idol of all time, Penelope Spheris. How does she fit into the Mike Myers world? Well, she is the director of Wayne's World. We're not worthy. Well, today you are. Uh, Penelope, uh, I think she is. I, I, she was someone that I was slightly familiar with before doing my check, but as I was doing the research for my check, I started looking uh, to her a lot more. The research for my check. Well, yeah. I, like I, it's a thesis. Well, I did. It is this. Siren, I would say, Kyron, this is my thesis. Don't belittle the podcast format. Yeah. This is a real thing. This is truly, if I were to do a thesis, it actually probably would be on Penelope Sears because she is now become my all-time idol in cinema history. I think she's probably the coolest, most rockinest babe in cinema. If she were president, she'd be Abraham Lincoln. If she was a prime minister, she'd be Babe Hawke. She is my favourite. She uh, got her start. Um, oh, wait, maybe I should start from the very beginning. Um, yeah, tell us everything because I really don't know yeah. much about her at all. So I'm very excited. How for did you she to... get her start? Well, I think even before that, her family history is really interesting. She is a Greek American. She is cousins of the great French Greek director Costa Gavras, who did Z and all these amazing political thrillers, ah. like all time classic films. So they say that like directing like runs in their blood. So mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. And just check out a picky of her while we're while Miles has got it up. That's her today. She's like 70 years oh, old. She what looks incredible. Yeah, she's a total <laughs> she's babe. She's like long white hair like and thick black like glasses. Like Jane Campion vibes. Yeah, yeah. very she's Upper East Side, New York sort of look going so on. So she grew up, uh, <laughs> her parents were like carnival workers, so they were traveling the south a lot. And there's a story of her father was murdered. What? Um, in Alabama, her, fa- her an African-American man... Uh, was accused of cutting in line and a white, old white man hit him with a cane and then Penelope Spheris' father stood up for the man. The old guy left, came back with a gun and shot him dead. Oh my God, And the Alabama. guy was cleared of all charges because he, because um, it was seen as like ne- like normal that he would do that because of the situational circumstance. Oh my God. So it's like a crazy film family history already. And then she really got her start. She went to UCLA and did fine arts there. And UCLA is like, brought like many great directors like Steven Spielberg, Francis Coppola and stuff like that. Uh, so she came through the UCLA system and then she went to Saturday Night Live the first season and created 
uh, and produced all of Albert Brooks's film sketches for it. Oh my god! Wow. So she's like kind of entrenched in that history already. So yeah. those are already some of the more iconic sketches from the first few seasons of Saturday Night Live. And from there, she became a documentarian, and she made this really iconic trilogy of films uh, from the eighties, and then there was one released in the nineties called "The Decline of Western Civilization." Oh shit, she made that. Yeah, so <laughs> these are really iconic, oh, wow. like dirty, grungy punk films. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first one is about like the kind of the fall and the decline of the punk scene in Los Angeles with uh, bands like Black Flag before Henry Rollins came. In. Is he mm-hmm. Black Flag or Bad Religion? Uh, I never remember. Black Flag, I'm Black pretty flag. sure. Yeah, cut me getting it wrong out. <laughs> uh, but so he's from, he's from, she, so she, so she made like these really all encompassing and gritty. Uh, looking films about the punk scene. And then she made Decline of Western Civilization, Civilization 2, The Metal Years, which is about glam metal, so stuff like Ozzy Osbourne. And even between those t- films, her style kind of changes with them. So the first one's very dirty and gritty and very realistic look. And the second one, she kind of let the bigger stars direct their own interviews. So Ozzy Osbourne's making an egg in a kitchen. To, <laughs> but it's not even his that's house. That's what he chose. Yeah, that's what he chose. <laughs> and then uh, Gene Simmons is interviewing viewed in a lingerie store. It's disgusting. And then one of the other guys from KISS, I can't remember which one it is, because the rest are interchangeable, uh, (laughs) is being interviewed like having a threesome in a bed, basically Uh. surrounded by women. So she kind of like... Beautiful. That's her way of exposing these people for like kind of what they really are. What decisions do they make? Yeah, Yeah. what decisions (laughs) they make. And then uh, the later part of her career is she made lots of kind of like cartoony family movies, like The Little Rascals and uh, The uh, not the Honey Movers movie, but the uh, Beverly Hills Hillbillies. The Beverly oh, Hillbillies film. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, really kind of cartoony films. And she, so the way I kind of think of her career is like Wayne's World happens like smack bang in the middle of all of those things. And it combines those two exact, uh, her, those two exact halves of cinema. Yeah. Her really gritty style and like reverence for making like rock feel authentic and then like cartoony slapsticky comedy films. Yeah. And bringing those together in Wayne's World, I think, is what makes that movie so great. And why, to me, it's such a special movie. And why she's such a special filmmaker. That was beautiful. That's my thesis on Penelope Spirits. <laughs> my favorite director ever, I would I say. I will read that. Well, that's it. <laughs> I shall not write it in writing now. You just heard it performed live on the podcast. <laughs> Was that her swan song? Has she gone on to do anything else? She's kind of hasn't really d- gone to do too much else because I think uh, the the process of making Wayne's World uh, sounded like a really difficult uh, why a difficult process because it was a film a rare film that worked where it was a butting of heads of kind of like a conflicted collaboration between four auteurs I'd say or four authors her Mike Myers Dana Carvey and Lorne Michaels uh. and so basically every time they had to do something they had to do it four ways so they could all kind of have options and her way was kind of always making it more authentic and I think for the others kind of wanting to make it more gag filled was kind of a, they saw that as difficult and but everything that works in the film is all of Penelope's stuff really like you know the iconic uh, Bohemian Rhapsody scene where they're all headbanging 
that was her idea. They wanted to make it like an operatic thing where there'd be back and forth with everyone kind of playing the characters in the song. But she was like, no, this, you guys are headbangers. You should be full on headbanging for this whole scene. <laughs> and they all had like broken necks. But then when the film came out, like, no, you were right. That's yeah. what worked. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of what she is so special about is kind of bringing that. Like going for the truth of the character rather than a gag. Yeah, the truth of the character, the truth of the situation. I think she just is so good at kind of building that intimacy and lulling people into intimacy as well. And, I mean, she's a woman that made The Little Rascals, so it's bizarre to talk yeah. about her this way <laughs> as well. But um, I just think she is, uh, she is my all-time babe. Favourite director? Uh, well, I mean, Wayne's World is, and to kind of Western Civilization really stand as like high points in cinema. I, but I think she's personal. Little, little Rascals lets her down a bit. I haven't seen her since I was a kid. I'm dying to watch Alfalfa <laughs> sing again. But um, she's just like, I think she just has like this connection. When I first discovered her, I was like, there, to me, I'm like, I see the coolness of everything ever that I've ever loved in her there. What, what sort of movies do you think she could have fixed? Man, I think she could have done some amazing like music biopics and really, really changed it up and made something really cool and just get just get that rawness out of them that I think a lot of them lack. Like a lot of them, they're like, oh yeah, we'll show the dark side of the, this musician, but then it's just like, no, this is clean cut bullshit that you're doing here, <laughs> making it like a product. I think she could kind of strip that away and have actually made like really authentic, crazy music biopics. Like I would have loved her to direct this Bohemian Rhapsody. Queen biopic coming up. Mm. She would have been my number one pick for that, but uh, she got shafted. I think it was difficult for women in Hollywood to be directors at the time that she was, and she was doing it for so long. You know, we were talking about uh, Freddie Mercury on a previous episode. Mm -hmm. Go back and listen to that if you like. But because we had in there a line about when they were making Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. because he was in the Freddie Mercury was in the studio, mm. and he was like, "Oh, and now, and this is where the opera bit happens, and now that's in the trailer." Yeah, that bit. That <laughs> so obviously, listeners to Babe of the Day. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not as if we got that line from anywhere else on the internet. <laughs> what about comedies? You think she could have had more of an influence on like the sort of Lorne Michaels world of SNL comedies if, yeah. if she stopped at Wayne's World? I think so. She directed because there's a... some shit ones there. Yeah, there's some real <laughs> shit ones there. I wish she'd kind of gone to do some more uh, SNL films. She did a couple. She directed Black Sheep, which is a Chris Farley, David Spade pairing, uh, yeah. which is not that good. It's not as good as Tommy Boy, the one that came before it. But uh, it's still fun to see her kind of working in that mold. And I think she and Farley are really great. And but sadly they weren't able to work together again after Wayne's World and Black Sheep, uh, and she had like a big, a big difficulty working with David Spade. But then they did another film together years later, which I will <laughs> never understand why they teamed up. I think that was part of the what kind of stopped her from making bigger and better things that she deserved to make was she would kind of. Uh, butt heads because she's such like a strong-willed person and I think she generally does know what is best yeah. <laughs> from what I've seen. And so I think having those difficulties with the male leads of the films kind of the led egos to of the these. egos. I mean, like, Mike is my other hero and but he's not perfect either. I think that was kind of part of the problem was that uh, he didn't want her coming back on for Wayne's World 2. 
he mm. actually did prefer first choice director, not a lie, Federico Fellini was who he did <laughs> want to direct Wage Law 2, which I mean, <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that movie too, but I think if she had come back, that, that sequel could even be better than the first one. Because yeah. it feels like a lot of those movies suffer from not having like a truth at the centre of it. Mm. Like, no, there's no reality to these characters. I think so. I think that if she applied herself to any of those other SNL movies, you're yep. right, The Ladies Man or yeah. <laughs> Night of the Roxbury could have been one of the best movies <laughs> ever made. <laughs> Hey, my name's Miles Martignoni. I do the credits. Georgia Mooney does our theme music. Our logo is done by Greedy Hand. Special thanks to, to SCR 107.3. We record the show there. We're also part of the Betapods network, and you can contact us at Bay of the Day Podcast at betapods.net. You want to see some photos or some videos or whatever we feel like posting? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bay of the Day Podcast. Please leave us a rating or a review somewhere. It really helps other people find the show. That would be great. Wait, i